everyone to the Sister Stories podcast. This podcast's aim is to marvel at God's sovereignty over each of our lives as women and to encourage one another by sharing our stories. My name is Sophie and today I am joined by Vena. Hello. Hello, Vena. Um, first of all, can you tell us about who you are? Uh, I'm Vena. Um, I'm... I'm a local girl, I live in Teddington, I've always lived locally. Um, I'm single, never wanted to get married. Um, I don't do a paid job, but I'm a trustee for a local disabled charity. Mm, great. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about uh, your faith in Christ and how and your journey with him uh, throughout your life. Uh, but first of all, can you tell us a bit about your family background? So... I was born with spine bifida, um, so I was born up in north north of England and got rushed down to a hospital for major surgery. Mm. Um, my birth mother couldn't look after me for for loads of reasons, really. Um, so I was put under the care of a ward estate, which meant mm. I had to be looked after medically, and they did an operation. Um, the consultant didn't think I'd live. Mm. Um, but I did and then I was fostered from 10 months and when I left hospital and adopted at mm. two years old wow by the same family or? by the same family I had one major foster family and they ended up being my adoptive family but I had two or three others as well right okay and so um did you have any siblings in that family were there other children yeah so my mum had um a birth child um, she's 10 years older than me mm-hmm. called June yep and lots of foster kids because they carried mm. on fostering up until I was 16 right okay um obviously you were quite young so you were adopted almost from birth really mm. yeah um how how was that to grow up within that family were there things um how was it for you really sorry <laughs> it, it was interesting I was cross what we call cross-cultured adopted there were white parents so that I used to quite enjoy times when people see my parents and they look at me, and I used to be quite, I used to find that quite amusing. Mm. Um, but my parents didn't. They wanted to make sure that people understood. Mm. Um, I loved it, really. Um, the house is full of children turning up in the morning, turning up at night, leaving us, coming back. So it's quite, it was, an, it was, it was a nice childhood, a very loving childhood. Yes. Okay. Um, was it, um, so you said you enjoyed that and the children coming in and, and out of the house really and, and meeting, I assume that you met a lot of different kids really throughout your childhood. How, how did that feel with knowing that you were adopted but then seeing so many kids coming through at the same time? And Yeah, it was strange that they picked me. I think mm-hmm. that was, um, that, was the main point that I remember through my childhood, thinking that these foster children would come and go. Mm. And some would have long-term stay. We would have us staying with us for about six months, so we would get to know them. Mm. But they picked me, and and I never really understood why, but <laughs> it was very special. Mm. That's good. Right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how you grew up and and how you came to hear about the gospel, because uh, you said that, uh, I, sorry, I, I didn't ask really, but I knew that your family was not uh, was not Christian, were they? 
Uh, no, so my dad doesn't believe in anything. Mm. My mum is a spiritualist, um, believes in mediums and spiritual planes and mm. and things like that. Um, so they weren't, but there was, they are of the age and of the time that there was a Bible in the house. The Ten Commandments were known. Songs like the Old Rugged Cross were played on a record, vinyl record. For, mm. Wow. <laughs> um, but absolutely not really any want for me to learn any Christian culture at all. Mm, okay. So how did you come to hear about the gospel then? Um I always lived I lived directly across the church, so that was quite interesting. And when I was about eight I asked to be christened. But I think it was more I wanted a special ceremony. I'd seen other people get mm. christened. Um I had a friend at school called Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um she is a Christian and her family were and I just, I can't really explain it, but it, it was different. Mm. I liked it. I liked seeing the model of a Christian family. There was something about it that really appealed. Mm. And that's really what made me think about Christianity. I went to a youth group um, with them, but nothing much happened for the first two or three years of knowing my friend. Mm. But I was just always really intrigued with that. Oh, that's interesting. And so what what happened next? How did you come to actually read the Bible or come to church or things like that? Um, I nagged my parents for over a year. <laughs> As to, we all do. <laughs> yeah, to let me go to church. And first of all, they sort of said no, no, no. And then they were getting really quite annoyed because I wouldn't stop. I want to go to church, I want to go to church. And in the end, they said, okay, just go. So, go, um, I, so I did, and I went to church when I was 12. Mm. I had no background in church. I went on my own, I went with my best family that I knew, mm-hmm. um, each week, and that was my first taste, and I started going when I was 12 and hasn't, haven't really looked back. Mm. Wow. And so, d- I assume that by going to church, that's where you heard the gospel and, and, later on committed your life to Christ. Can you tell us when that happened, if there's a specific time, or if you feel more that it was a longer process? It, it was a longer process. Um, I was in a quite um, Free Church of England, which did um, confirmation. Mm. I, got, I got to the age of 15. I was going to church with my mum, a spiritualist church in the evening and a Christian church in the morning. Mm. And when I was 15, I managed to get a Bible, my own Bible I could read. I read it from beginning to end and thought at that point I'm not going to spiritualist church anymore. I committed to mm. Christianity, the Christian church, and I got confirmed with my friends. So I, be- I think at that point I believed in a Christian faith. I understood about God, I understood about Jesus and what everything that Jesus had done for us, but it just wasn't personal. Mm. And then when I was between 16 and 18, I had a lot of issues going on. Mm. Um, I lost a friend to suicide, a very close friend. And then three or four months later, I lost four friends in a car crash. Wow. And my mum and my sister were having a mental health breakdown at the same time. So wow. it was quite a hard time. But I think through all that time, I was quite angry with God or annoyed or just couldn't really cope with the world. But through that, I think, when I was 18... 
I finally came to a belief. Mm. It was, became personal to me. I remember a series of events. Um, everyone seemed to be saying, this faith is for you, only you. And that's all I heard all the weekend. And, yeah, and I just thought at that point, yes, I do believe. And that was what we call Pentecost weekend when mm. I was 18, so nearly 30 years ago. Wow, that's amazing. Um, I wonder whether all these things that happened with your friends passing away, whether that, I mean, some people might see it as something that would draw you away from God, but for you, maybe it drew you to him, actually. Would you say that's the case, or maybe it wasn't as related in your mind? Yes, it did draw me to him. I mean, there was times when I was very annoyed with God, and I remember particular time of throwing my Bible across the room in, in, in anger, really. But there was a conversation, there was a relationship there sometimes. But then on another side, there was like, um, Bible verses around my room, um, reminding me that this is only temporary. And mm. um, so, you know, for our light and momentary troubles, achieving for us an eternal glory of far away some more. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen not unseen what is unseen is eternal and and I had that in my bedroom so there was this kind of tussle between and the reality that I hadn't given my life to Christ Mm. I had to give him my all at that point and it was a personal God it wasn't something that just happened in in Teddington in this little church I'd gone I'd seen things like the cross and the switchblade and films like that yeah Mm. Um, so I thought, yeah, and it was a particular weekend, and I sat and didn't look back. Wow, that's amazing. So that was in Teddington, which is not very far from down, from here, really. Um, how did you arrive in Cornerstone eventually? Um, I was at my last church for about twenty five years. Um, it was just really time to go to another church. Um, I ended up at Cornerstone really because someone that I taught. <laughs> at Sunday school and my last church had come here mm. in his university life. I could see his growth in his faith, mm. which is probably the biggest attraction and thought tried a few other churches but thought, okay, well he's clearly growing in his faith. I'm gonna come and look at his church and mm. and I was yeah, I was struck by the Bible being central, which was important to me. Mm. So yeah, it was about eleven years. However old is Lucas? <laughs> okay, six months before Lucas we was born. We can check the facts yes. <laughs> later. Lucas, if you're listening. <laughs> no. Um, great. Okay. I think that's probably about right. Yeah. So, um, can you tell us a little bit, um, what happened when you came to Cornerstone? How, how did your faith grow? Or is there something maybe new or different that you learned that you hadn't heard before? Or anything that struck you really? Yeah, I suppose it was a very different environment. I mean, mm. people won't <laughs> understand this. I came from a church down pews, uh, kneeling mats, um, a communion well, yes. liturgy. Mm. And um, I have to say, when walking into a particular an evening service, I, I found that really hard. It was just tables, chairs, coffee, <laughs> like <a> cafe, tea. Kind of style, yeah. <laughs> What's all this about? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time to get used to that. Mm. 
But did it feel welcoming to you or was it just so different that you didn't yes, enjoy that? Yes, that was one thing I did see, the welcome. Mm. Um, it was, a, and I remember meeting with Pete very early on, which I thought was a really lovely thing to do, mm. um, to actually have time to, for you and your pastor to meet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found it very welcoming, yeah. Mm, great. Um, so then I, you told us at the beginning of um, medical issues when you were born. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that has impacted your life um, day to day, let's say? Yeah, so I do have a lot of health problems. Um, I think the first thing was um, the longevity of life. When I was born, they didn't think I would survive to about 40, possibly. Wow. So I'm 47. And, but as medical approaches happen, I'm still here. Um, I think it, it helped me because I couldn't do things in my own physical strengths. I was mm-hmm. very much reliant on people helping me. Um, my parents helped me. I couldn't really walk till I was three. I, I missed a lot of school. Mm-hmm. I didn't get particularly good grades. Um, so my, my life was different. My life was lived in a way but it was just enabling me to carry on. So it wasn't bigger dreams or bigger yes. achievements needed. I wasn't planning to be anything particularly, mm-hmm. but just to live. <laughs> yeah, okay. And how how did that impact your relationship with God? It gave me a reason. I know it sounds <laughs> really daft when people say, but... If you have a faith, why are you all right with that in your suffering? And I'm thinking because it gives you a reason for the suffering. Mm-hmm. And I just don't quite understand how anyone could deal with suffering without the knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. But it just gives total reason. There's a reason why you're going through it. There's a reason you're being refined in it. You're getting closer to God through it. Because the reliance isn't in yourself, but in Christ. Mm. Um, so that's been a real help and, yeah, a blessing. Yeah. Mm. And I think a lot of us in the church have noticed how you are an example of that for us, actually. And I know I speak for a lot of people saying that. Um, that you encourage us to carry on because we've grown about a lot of things and then we see you carrying on in spite of all kinds of medical issues and pain and, you know. Um, but I think that's really precious for us. And as a body of Christ, to be able to encourage one another uh, is very important, isn't it? Um, right. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know it's not it's not the easiest of topics. Um, so can you take us through a little bit anything that you might have learned in the last couple of years, let's say, with COVID and and all, all of that, really. Yeah, it's probably a couple of things, actually. Um, for me, COVID was very different um, because of all my health conditions. Mm. I was one of these people that was called shielding, so I had to stay in my house yeah. uh, for many weeks. I was going slightly bonkers, I think. Um, so the things I learned through that is two things, really. Fragility of life. Um, in reality, that there was a there was a virus that could probably kill me. I mean, it was a good chance, mm. 
Um, and really con- needing to concentrate on God's word more in that to, I, it kind of made me face God in the light of the possibility of perhaps being with him in heaven sooner yes. rather than later. See, yeah. that was one thing. And another thing, I always struggle in my ability to understand God's word. I trust other people more than I trust myself. I put a lot of weight on what I hear and what I talk to others about. And there was a huge amount of time when I had to just read the Bible <laughs> myself. Yeah. There wasn't that connection as much because I couldn't see anyone for mm. 12 weeks. You know, it was great podcast and my home group was fantastic. But there was a lot more time when I had to learn, yes, I can understand these scriptures. So I learned that as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a great lesson, actually, because we sometimes forget that we can just come to God personally and come to his words. And actually, it does make sense. I mean, sometimes it is it is difficult sometimes, but the Spirit is helping us in understanding it. So that uh, actually, that's a really interesting lesson. I don't think I've heard anyone say that yet, uh, but I think that's really uh, interesting to learn that for yourself and not just come to church and listen to all the sermons, although you're still doing that, obviously, um, but getting to grapple with it a bit more yourself in a way and putting yourself in charge of doing yeah. that a little bit more. Um, oh, great. Okay. That's, I was surprised by that one. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, okay. And lastly, is there any advice that you would like to give to younger Christians yeah, I mean, when I, I grew up in a church that did, um, called Covenanters, it's, it's literally like another name for Rooted or Soul. And their motto was, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Yeah. And I was thinking about this when I was asked about this question. It's really just absolutely treasure the word. Learn it. Mm. Um, take it in. I'm, you know, I'm 30 years down the line in my face and I look back and one of the regrets is I should know a lot more about the Bible than I do. It may be partly because of my brain injury that I can't always remember, but I should know a lot more than I do. You can sponge it in when you're younger, when you're in your teens, in your 20s and 30s. And, and we're so blessed at Cornerstone with all these podcasts, the, were being taught to us in the kids' work and youth work. But I remember a lady at my old church, and she went blind when she was about 60, 70. Mm. And she said to me, Venna, it's okay, I have the words in my heart. I can't see them on the page, but I have them in here. And while starting Covenanters at my old church, we learned memory verses. And I just want to just realise how blessed... You all are, and especially at a young age, you can take more in. Just savour the word whilst you can. And these, the children and the youth of today, they may not be the person who goes blind. They're more likely Bible being banned or being imprisoned away from the word. See, that's why we say to people younger, treasure, treasure the word and, and read it, put it in your heart. Yeah, and we need to do that as a church, not just individually but yeah. if the word is not central to the church then 
we won't we won't be able to grow in Christ really. Um, so that's really important, isn't it? Uh, well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Vena. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, that's all for today's episode of Sister Stories. But join us again next time.